Hi, my name is John Kim. I'm a therapist who went through his own rebirth many years ago, and I've been documenting my journey ever since, sharing my life lessons and revelations. I believe in casual over clinical, with you instead of at you. I come unrehearsed on purpose because self-help doesn't have to be so complicated. So we did this exercise in my live Zoom group in my circle. It's a private community. They have a very intimate one where you have to journal for 10 minutes about the worst thing that's happened to you. And I thought this was really interesting. I actually heard about it from uh, Huberman Lab. And supposedly, if you, and there's uh, proven data on this, if you write about the worst thing that's happened to you, I know it sounds horrible, or you know the most challenging thing that's happened to you, uh, four consecutive days in a row, it's actually really supposed to be beneficial. It's supposed to um, help you emotionally. It's supposed to help you physically. I would assume that what happens is as you write about it over and over again for four days, um, each day you are turning over a new rock. You are investigating different sides of what happened. And I think by doing so, the monster or the stain in your story becomes lifted. You know, I think you shed light. I think uh, you naturally will kind of process and maybe you'll be able to see what happened through new lenses slightly or a different angle. And I think that's what can be very helpful. I mean, the exercise itself sounds horrible <laughs> or sounds scary. You know, most of us, uh, we've heard about the exercises where you're writing about great things that have happened to you. Um, but to visit the bad times, that, that can be a bit terrifying. And I think that's the point, right, is to kind of face that and do it for four days. And 10, 15 minutes is nothing, right? So you're journaling. There's no right or wrong. And uh, you're doing it for four days. Anyway, we did this in my uh, private community, my circle. And um, it was interesting because, you know, the, the quote-unquote worst thing that's happened to me was my divorce, but it was also the greatest catalyst to repositioning my life. And I mean, my divorce was, was really the first domino as far as me crossing that great divide from boy to man and me becoming a therapist and me, you know, like if it wasn't for my divorce, I, I would not be where, where I am today. A hundred percent. I don't know what I would be doing. I don't know if I'd be, you know, wearing wrinkle-free pants and punching clocks and working at a treatment center. Um, I, I know I would be in mental health because I, I was already on my on the road to becoming a therapist early, but I was still on that road or just starting it when, when I was going through my divorce. Um, but the divorce really repositioned me. So yes, it was the worst thing, but also, or I, I guess I, I don't want to say the worst thing. It was definitely the most challenging on all levels, um, but also the the greatest gift, right? So that was mine. And some of the other people in the group mentioned loss, mentioned death. Um, one person uh, lost, I think, a cousin who was 19 from suicide and a few other people, um, you know, aunts and other family members uh, uh, from from cancer. Um, and 
it made me think. I mean, before even making me think, it made me feel um, that all the time and energy I spend on things that are future-oriented, right? And so for most people, it's like, it's basically career and love. I mean, the amount of energy and time that that we, we obsess about and that we spend on advancing our career and um, whether we're in a relationship or not or, or whatever your orientation is, uh, finding love or finding new love or maybe in a relationship that is toxic, getting out of love, but just like love related. And I, I think those two areas of our life um, can be the most consuming. And I was thinking about, man, the time. And for me, it's more, probably more these days, more career than, than love. But um, the amount of energy and time I spend on that, I know that when I'm on my deathbed, because what I felt was how short life is, you know, I was thinking about a 19 year old taking her life and I'm 50. And so, holy shit, it's, I mean, 19 is so young. It's such a short life. And I was thinking when I'm on my deathbed, um, and, and, you know, nothing is promised. I, uh, I have a friend who always says, says that, and that's from her losing a friend, a good friend. And uh, so I don't know when I'm going to be on my deathbed. It may not be literally a bed. It may be an accident or, you know, something, whatever, right? And um, I was thinking about how how much I would regret the time and energy I spent on thinking about all the shit in the future that hasn't happened the wanting, the building, the what ifs. And I would I would be thinking to myself, why did I spend so much time in that space? And I would be thinking, I I, I wish I, I would have been more present. Um, you know, last night, uh, so I've been watching Logan for uh, the weekend as, uh, or a couple days as my, partner goes to our retreat house and she's working on a book so she's um she wanted to get some writing in and so we kind of passed the baton back and forth and allowed you know um each of us to go have some time at the retreat house hey wanted to share with you something i'm super excited about if you go to the angry therapist.com forward slash premium you not only get commercial-free episodes, but also something I'm introducing called series, rotating wellness topics, but not only lessons, but what do we do with this information? How do we thread this into our life so we could change our life? Go to theangrytherapist.com forward slash premium. And I was just playing with Logan um, with with a single balloon, she has discovered a balloon, and you know I <laughs> I love that um, I'm at a place in my life where because I had a child later in life that I can really take the time to see the world through her eyes. Right um, now, I'm not saying it's easy. Uh, there's a lot of things about parenting that uh, that I struggle with that is difficult, um, but being able to be there 
and witness the world through her eyes because the world is so big at that age is just it's amazing and so she discovers the balloon and so now she's obsessed with um me blowing up a balloon and her playing volleyball with it basically you know the game is you keep hitting it and and, and don't allow it to touch uh the floor aka hot lava and something as simple as this one it was really refreshing because uh you know the kids say we, we we give them so much screen time so just her playing with the balloon it just makes me happy that she's not looking at an ipad but the simplicity of father and daughter playing with a balloon and in that moment i thought to myself because i was reflecting on the group you know that was yesterday uh um just a few hours before about death and how that changes people and about how short and delicate life is and here i'm just playing with a balloon and i'm absorbing i'm reminded that life does truly come in moments and if you don't savor those moments um they go by very fast you know if i didn't make a note while i was playing with her and of course, since I'm documenting my story, uh, did a video, you know, posted on Instagram and all that. But <laughs> so maybe for those few minutes, I wasn't present, but um, we did it for a while. So I, I, I did put my phone away. And when I was present, I made a note of it. You know, I, I told myself, um, this is the first time that you'll be hitting a balloon with your daughter. And to just be there, just to be there and to not be thinking about other things I need to do and, you know, all the, the stress, anxiety of whatever work and just be there. And then I thought to myself, by doing so, the practice of just being there, that becomes now a time capsule, right? And then I think about my own childhood where my parents came to this country with uh, very little money and they were always in survival and uh, as far as their mindset, um, and they were always at work. Um, my dad never played with me with a balloon. <laughs> um, I know that sounds kind of weird. I, I have this memory of me at about age 10 going across the streets because this guy was selling model planes in his garage. It was kind of like a illegal hobby store. And, um, they were model planes for adults, right? I didn't know that. I was 10. They just look really cool. The packaging's fancy. And I think it was like, you know, $12 or $20. It was very expensive for a model plane in the 80s. And so my dad, I asked my dad for the money. And I remember that day he was free, right? Uh, he said, are you sure? You can't build that. The, you know, this, there's a thousand pieces, whatever. And I begged him, so he bought it for me. And I remember him saying that there's no way you're going build, to build that. And he was sitting next to me. And instead of participating with me, instead of helping me, he was uh, cutting his toenails on um, Korean newspaper. <laughs> and I remember this like yesterday. And I remember just be doing it alone. Um, and I don't, I don't know how hurt I was because I was just so used to my dad always working. And, uh, you know, he never really played with me. Uh, never took me camping, never showed me how to hit a baseball, nothing, right? And so... I mean, I guess I just liked the fact that he was next to me. 
and of course I couldn't build it. I st- I tried to build it. There's there's that. I mean, it was it wasn't for kids. It was for you know hardcore adult hobby people who puts um, ten thousand piece planes made of balsa wood together, right? And, and so at at the end of the day, I had a giant pile of um, popsicle sticks, basically, and I remember feeling like I had failed and uh, that I had wasted his money. But more importantly, um, that even though he was right next to me, that I was alone, you know? And I also wonder now, as um, someone who works in the field of mental health and trauma and attachment and all that, how much of me being alone growing up i always tell people i was raised by pop culture um because i was just always always outside and and just playing with friends or um by myself building legos or you know playing with cars and hot wheels on the driveway like i was always alone um or 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 um obsessed with immersing myself in some activity so whether it was breakdancing or or you know, popping wheelies on my BMX bike or alling over trash cans on my skateboard. I was always doing that kind of stuff. But but at the end of the day, yeah, yeah I had some friends, but I I was kind of a loner, and I spent a lot of a lot of my childhood alone. Um, and I wonder how much of that has wired me in a way where, as an adult, um, I have this uh, this neediness. Um, as an adult, um, also, I, I think I'm highly prone to addiction, uh, to um, dopamine. And I wonder if it's because it laid the tracks early on to um, to get the dopamine through flow states or through building or whatever it was I was into, which isn't a bad thing. But I, I almost feel like instead of engaging and... Um, playing with growing up with parents, um, I kind of numb myself or chase dopamine. I know I'm changing topics, <laughs> but this is what I do. And uh, I wonder as an adult now if that has become a, you know a problem. I mean, I, I don't know if it's become a problem, but I definitely know that it is kryptonite for me. So whether it is food, sex, um, you know, business content. I mean, this podcast, right? I mean, I, in order to, to do as many episodes as I do, there has to be some kind of obsession. There has to be some kind of um, chemical release that I'm getting from talking to myself <laughs> into a microphone. It is, it is uh, a gift when it comes to creativity and um, seeking nectar in your life. Definitely. But it's also a curse, and I think it's important just to be aware of that. But going back to life and how short life is, one of the things um, I wanted to remind you of and one of my revelations was, what do you put weight on these days? You know, are you also someone who is consumed with future tripping and possibly tracing blueprints or are you running fast because of the internal or external ticking clock 
Um, do you feel that at your age you should be somewhere else or that you should um, have a baby or, 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 you know, have a house or, you know, any kind of uh, map or, or something else that you're tracing that is outside of self? Because, you know, if you do, and this is one thing I've realized, there's a lot of noise in your head. And the noise in your head will pull you out of moments like the one I shared about my daughter discovering a balloon, you know. And in order to get the noise out of your head, you have to put weight on different things. What's important to you these days? And how do you want to spend your time? It, it should be different than when you were younger, when you were in your 20s or um, maybe even two years ago, you know, maybe, maybe even pre-pandemic. Um, you had to move your life chips around and invest your time in different things, in different people, in different projects. I think life is this constant playing with your equalizer. You know how like there's bass and treble and, and you know, to get the perfect pitch that works for you, you're, you have to kind of play with an equalizer for, for, um, for music I think life is like that in that as we change and um, different things become, you know, of value to us, we have to tweak our life equalizer. We have to um, decide to make little tweaks and changes, uh, invest in some things less, invest in some things more um, as a practice, you know, to be more present if that's important to you. Because I'll tell you what, I'm 50, and there is a part of me that feels like, you know, that I'm 30. Like, I still feel young. I could still move. Um, but I'm still fucking 50. <laughs> I'm half a century old. And I can't believe how fast life is going. Uh, the proof is actually the growing of children. When you have a child, you, you literally see, like, how fast they grow by the amount of uh, shoes that you have to buy or the, the amount of clothes they cycle through, right? I mean, they're growing like inches per month and also their emotional and cognitive growth is it's like daily, it's mind-blowing. And so that is a measure of how fast time goes. And I wasn't really aware of it until I had a child. And now I see it. I see it in front of me. And it's it's scary because... It's a reminder that um, life is so fast, goes by so fast. So I'm hopefully, hopefully I'm trying to um, just make this episode a reminder to possibly shuffle your life deck. What is important to you? Maybe it's time to uh, invest less in some friends or some friendships that are lopsided, um, people who are not meeting you halfway or not championing your story or relationships that um, have faded and you're in it just because of history. Maybe it's time to build the bridge from your job to doing something that you truly want to do. Maybe it's time to take a risk. Maybe it's time to start sending parents to voicemail. Maybe it's time to forgive some people. 
Maybe it's time to pick up the phone and call some people you haven't talked to in a long time because life is short. Anyway, thank you for listening, and I appreciate um, you listening to my podcast and um, championing my story um, as well. Be well.